Hi, this is Lita Ford. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey guys, headbangers and metalheads, this is Doral Passion. You're listening to Iron City Rocks, and I wish you a great time and rock on. Hey, hey what do you say? This is Bobby Woods from Overkill, and that's right, I am on Iron City Rock. Welcome to episode 183 of the Iron City Rocks podcast coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am your host, John. I'd like to welcome you back to this, the beginning of our fourth year of operation. Uh, this year 2013, as I'm sure you're well aware. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. In episode 183, we are joined by uh, two special guests. We have returning guests. Both uh, both of them have been on the show in the past. We have Doro Pesh, uh, the kind of the uh, queen of metal. If you don't know who Dora is, you're probably not a fan of this show anyway. Also, we have uh, the band Brute Force uh, joining us, who uh, have got some ties to Western Pennsylvania. Uh, and I always had a fascinating interview with them the last time, so Aaron spoke with them as well. So we'll get to those interviews in a moment. I want to bring to your attention, uh, just for a moment, Aaron City Rocks has been doing more and more uh, photography, concert photography. Over the last year, we've tried to bring you some great shows. We kind of got our start at the mayhem of festival of 2011 and taking that through the mayhem 2012 festival uh we've taken van halen and kiss and, and and just a multitude of bands we've been blessed to take photos with uh we are trying to raise a little bit of money to fund a new camera uh some better equipment so we can take pictures uh, better pictures of shows for you guys to enjoy uh but we're not asking uh for you to just fork over money and nothing in return so what we've done we've set up a campaign on indiegogo uh, which kind of was an idea that spawned when we talked to the uh, folks who did the uh, Metal Ahead Bangers Journey. Banger Films was doing a fundraising campaign. And what we've tried to do is put together a collection of, of rewards that you can get for your money uh, from things that we've been uh, lucky to kind of collect over the last four years as it's been. Uh, so, you know, for example, for a, you know, a $10 donation, you can get a Steve Vai guitar pick. Uh, I, I would argue you're probably going to spend that much easily to buy one on eBay. Um, for $15, you can get an 8x10 of any of the shots we've done of shows so far. Uh, so if you want to get yourself a, you know, a 8x10 of Dave Mustaine, killing it at Stage AE or on the Mayhem Festival or uh, one of the shots we've taken of Kiss or, you know, uh, In Flames, you name it. Uh, just head over to ironcityrocks.com, look around the website, uh, you'll see the shows we've taken so far. So for 15 bucks, you get an 8x10 to your door of any one of those shows. Uh, we have CDs and DVDs for 15 and $20, respectively. Have a mountain of promotional CDs, a lot of uh, great metal bands especially. For 20 bucks, get you one of uh, three remaining Black Label Society t-shirts. It's going to cost you that much to get those as well. Also, we have concert tickets for $80. We'll get you four tickets to see Tom Kiefer. Uh, who will be playing at the Altar Bar on the 15th of February. $88 will get you four tickets to see Soul Asylum. 
uh, 18th at Alter Bar. And $100 will get you. We have two sets of four tickets to see Flyleaf and Drowning Pool. So uh, those are actually face value for those tickets, which um, why would you get them from us? Because we don't charge you anything in service fees. So for those four tickets to see Flyleaf would cost you 100 bucks from us, probably cost you 125 to buy them at the normal outlet. And then also we have, we'll be having some other prizes um, as these ones uh, get claimed. So this isn't the extent of what we have, so you can check back often. And then we also are offering at the $100 level, uh, we will let you, uh, and this is again subject to availability as we mentioned, but um, you know we are blessed to talk to some of the coolest musicians in the industry. Uh, at the $100 level, we will let you join us. It'll either be myself or Aaron or Sean. Uh, as long as you have a Skype connection and a decent uh, microphone, or a telephone even, get on the line with us. Help us interview someone. Now, again, we can't promise you Tony Iommi or Ozzy Osbourne, but we will work with you to find an artist who you're interested in. I'll work on making that happen, let you sit in on the interview, and then co-host the podcast after so you can kind of geek out and tell all your friends. Uh, kind of a chance for you to get uh, get yourself out there in uh, kind of a thrill of a lifetime. Honestly, we don't make any money doing this show. We never have, uh, but we will continue to do it because it is an absolute thrill and an honor to talk to the people we talk to on a weekly basis. So give you a chance uh, for 100 bucks to kind of jump in on that. Uh, certainly less than you would pay for a meet and greet at most uh, of your favorite band shows. So something to consider. Uh, that is the campaign is on Indiegogo. That's I N D I E Go Go dot com forward slash Iron City Rocks camera. Uh, you can also find a link on our homepage at ironcityrocks.com. Also on our Facebook and Twitter page. Uh, we'll be mentioning it quite often, so check those out. And now, enough of my panhandling for money. Let's get into Doro Pesh. Doro put out an album in 2012. It was one of my picks, actually, if you listen to Radioactive Metal on our brother uh, podcast on the Cast Iron Ring, I mentioned that Doro was my pick for Female Artist of the Year. Raise Your Fist, I think, is a phenomenal album. This is the title track, Raise Your Fist in the Air, and then Sean's going to talk to Doro.
Hey, uh, are you with the reigning queen of metal, Doro Pesh? How you doing today, Doro? Hey, very good, John. Very good. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thanks honor. for coming Pleasure. on. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Been a big fan of yours for uh, quite a long time now. Um, you uh, recently released a new album, probably a couple months ago, called uh, Raise Your Fist. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the album? Yeah, actually, yeah, we worked on it three years, and I think it's it's a great album. It's album number seventeen now, and it has I think great old school metal songs. But it sounds like two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, and it has um, lots of anthems like I think "Raise Your Fist in the Air" and right. "Rock Death" and "Revenge," and it has some great, great special guests on it on the song "Grab the Bull, Last Man Standing." Gus G from Firewind and Ozzy Osbourne, he plays a great solo. Mm -hmm. And then we have a duet with Lemmy Kilmister of Motorhead, and the song is called It Still Hurts. And oh, I think it's it's really nice. It's very soulful. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. And yeah, and then some headbanging songs. And, um, and then one song, it's dedicated to Ronnie James Dio to give thanks and honor and respect. And the song is called Hero. And that was the first song which I wrote for this new album. And I think all in all, it's um, yeah, it has 15 songs, and I think it came out really good. I'm really happy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great album. I know I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it had, like you said, the big anthemic rock that you know you're known for and whatnot. Um, yeah. You mentioned working with Lemmy on the on the song. Um, well, we saw it was uh, track four. Um, the uh, it still hurts. Um, when you were writing that song, did you have Lemmy in mind for that song, or was it something yeah, that came actually, later? Or? Yeah, I um, I had the great chance to work with Lemmy before we did two songs on the Calling the Wild album, and one song was Love Me Forever, the Motorhead classic. I love that song, and I asked Lemmy if we can redo it, and so that one was one of the ones. And then Lemmy, he played me a song on an acoustic guitar, and it was called Alone Again, and I immediately fell in love with it, and I thought, wow, that is so soulful. So I know that Lemmy has a very, very soulful, gentle side, and yeah, and when we wrote the song, It Still Hurts, then somehow... I had a gut feeling that I want to play for Lemmy, and and I was hoping that Lemmy would say, yeah, you know, I, I love it, and then he did, and actually we recorded it in L.A., and it was actually on the same day when I recorded the Zed Metal show out in L.A., and then at night we went to a studio, and yeah, Lemmy did his vocals, and I tell you, me and the engineer, we both said, boy, it's Oh, it's so great, and yeah, and um, I'm 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 so happy when I hear it. I always get goosebumps. I think it's it's very special. It's unique. I love Lemmy singing his heart out with ace of spades and all. But I think the yeah the the gentle side. I think it's very yeah it's very yeah, yeah it's a very different great, and special. It's great. It's a great song. Um, and you also mentioned Hero about uh, Ronnie James Dio. And you know he's yeah. been getting a lot of you know tributes lately. You got the Disciples of Dio, which I believe you toured with Disciples of Dio in Europe. Yeah, in uh, yes, in Spain, and um, yeah, that was great. I actually I filled in for Ripper Owens. 
his daughter mm-hmm. got married, and then the Wendy Dio office called me if I want to fill in in Spain, and I did, and it was it was it was a, such an honor, and it was great to you know to sing the songs and to play with. Greg Gawley and Simon Wright and all the other guys uh, since we did a couple of times like we toured together and um, yeah it was was awesome of course nobody can ever replace Ronnie and you know but we all tried our best and you know right. make the song sound great and you know to keep his spirit alive and yeah and, and then I told the guys that I have a song and it was still in the making and it's called Hero and yeah and and actually, I yeah, yeah. It it is it is one of the. I think it's sad in one hand, but on the other hand, very empowering and um. Right. Yeah, and that was the first song we wrote for this new album. And mm-hmm. uh, how much of an influence did did he have on your career? Oh, big time, big time. I guess um, when we started out, Judas Priest was always my favorite band and Rioni James Stewart, my favorite singer and then I had the great chance to tour actually, yeah, my first big tour was in 86 with Judas Priest and my second tour in 87 was with Ronnie James Stewart and oh, it was so awesome, I I could definitely say I could learn from the best and we had a great, like back then I couldn't speak English that well so it was you know, the conversations were just like, hey, you have a great show, and you're great, right. and, you know, but um, later on, we did a couple of tours together, and then we became really great friends, and one of the greatest touring experiences I've ever had in my life was actually 2000, and we had a big tour with Ronnie and Ingrid Malmsteen and us, and it was three months, and there, yeah, there we definitely became friends, and, um yeah, and and I watched every show of his. It was so awesome <laughs> to see him sing and what a performer and, and you know, and he was the, the greatest person, so you know, so heartfelt, so much soul and right. heart and yeah, and he loved the fans. I always, you know, witnessed that that you know, that it didn't matter even when it was very cold outside or when he had like a very long show, it didn't matter. Everybody got always an autograph, a big hug or, you know, like a little conversation and yeah, he always took care of his fans. It was so it was so great. Mm-hmm. Cool. So so I, I must say, yeah, I'm I'm influenced by yeah, by many of the, the great, great metal bands and yeah, and definitely Ronnie, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well you've had I mean you've had a quite quite a career spanning I guess what, almost thirty years now, if you go back yeah. to you know, the warlock days. Um, yeah. you know, how, you know, over the last 30 years, it's one thing that I found out, uh, you know, pretty cool was like you, you know, every, you know, every couple of years you would always have an album out where, you know, some bands have, you know, taken year long, you know, extended breaks, you know, coming back. You've always been, you know, very active in the scene. And so, I mean, how, how do you feel it's like changed over the last 30 years? Oh, actually, yeah, I'm. I must say it was great to to be part of the beginning of uh, yeah the metal scene when it started and when it you know was growing and getting bigger and bigger. That was awesome and 
And I remember we played a couple of tiny little gigs with like some great bands, like they had their first record out. And back then, I remember one gig was in Belgium, a small club, maybe 400 people. And the promoter said, yeah, you know, we would like to do a little festival. And it was back in the Warlock times. And we said, yes, we definitely want to play. And he said, yeah, there's another band from America, brand new from San Francisco. They just have their first record out. And he was Metallica. And it was so great to really, you know, be a witness to, you know, to, to the beginning. Right. And then the 80s were fantastic, I must say. It was so huge. And the, yeah, the tours we did with Ronnie and Judas Priest and, and everybody was the biggest venues was awesome. And then in the 90s, I must say, it was very, very difficult when grunge took over. It was right. very hard to survive for for any metal band. Yeah, and then in 1999, I felt it's coming back. There was actually the record Calling the Wild. I was just working mm -hmm. on it. And the guy from my record company said, hey, Toro, I know you're a big Dio fan. Do you want to go to his uh, release party of the new album Magica? And I said, oh, yes, I'd love that. So I went to say congratulations. Yeah, and then I met Ronnie. And he said, Toro, I want to tell you the... Uh, we did like a song for his tribute album, Egypt. And he said, I love that version. You guys did a great version. So we talked and talked. Yeah. And then to make a long story short, a couple of months later, we were on tour together. And this was this long tour. And there I felt metal is coming back. All the places were packed, sold out. And yeah, so from 99, 2000 on, I felt it's, yeah, it's growing and bigger and bigger. And now I feel it's almost as big as in the 80s so i think it went up and down and up and down and now it's, it's definitely on the way up again and it's it's great and all the big festivals all over the world and um, yeah i think metal is really active of course the record sales are not anymore like in the 80s or 90s but right. therefore you can yeah you can have like yeah so much access to watch the band on youtube and get the stuff and in countries where it wasn't possible to even buy the records now they have a chance to you know to get to know the bands we played all over where it wasn't possible in the 80s 90s for example yeah. russia we always go there now or china and um yeah and in some countries there there's actually a brand new metal scene that is that's <laughs> and, yeah, so. yeah. And you've, I mean, you've obviously had a big influence on a lot of the new bands coming out, you know, and especially there's a lot more female-fronted bands, so, you know, that has to, you know, mean something that you've had such an influence over all these years. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy when anybody, you know, or somebody feels inspired and... Yeah, I sometimes heard some, you know, girls who said, oh, we saw the All We Are video and then we wanted to form a band or play guitar and, you know, and it's, uh, but it's even still that way today. Sometimes when, when young metalheads, you know, like get turned on to the music, then, you know, it's, um, it's great and, yeah, but what you said before, yeah, I never felt like taking a break. I always, I loved metal and the fans so much, so... You know, whatever it took, yeah, it's, um, yeah. and I don't have a family, I'm not married, I don't have kids. For me, the music and, and the concerts and the fans, that's that's definitely right. my, my life and my, my family, totally. Um, so you're coming up, you've, you're doing the uh, 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise coming up, which is yes, it's yes. like a, a floating festival. That's going to be a great experience. How did you get involved, hooked up with that? 
Oh, actually, yeah, the, the booking agency did it. I always wanted to do it. Actually, I wanted to do it last year, but then we were still yeah, making the record, and, and everybody said, hey, wait one more year, then the new record is out. So, yeah, so next uh, January we are going on, on the 70,000 tons of metal, and then we start our America tour. We have 21 yeah. dates in the States, and I'm so excited, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And now, uh, since I just came back from the European tour, I know which songs work really great. Some songs of the new album, they are like, oh, killer life, like, like Raise right. Your Fist in the Air or Revenge. And uh, there are some tunes which uh, I, I feel it's my next all we are, like Raise Your Fist is definitely like, wow, we go nuts and it's it's awesome. And so I'm, I'm so psyched, you know, for playing in the States again. And I love America so much. So it's it's for me, it's yeah, it's it's the best. <laughs> we had uh, that tour starts in January. Um, I know it's coming. To, it's not coming to Pittsburgh, but it's coming to Cleveland, which is only like an hour and a half away. So yeah, um, no, the Peabody's. I think the the tenth yeah. of uh, February, and yeah, yeah, Cleveland is always cool to play to. And but um, yeah, sometimes you know the booker just you know books places, and then I'm I'm just so happy to even do a long tour again in the states. So. But maybe we can do a second leg of the tour. But yeah, but February, that's yeah, that's to start. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, and I guess uh, you've been doing some acting recently. You were in a couple movies. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, yeah. Before we start the America tour, I do the finishing touches for the movie. It's called Anuk, the Path of the Warrior, Part Two. And I did this one, the first part came out in 2007, and uh, the guy who's doing the directing and producing, and he's the main character, yeah, we became really good friends, and back then he asked me if I want to write the music for the movie, and that's how it started, and I said, oh, this would be a dream, and then the title song of this uh, record, Warrior Soul, was actually the title song of the movie, and we did some more stuff. Yeah, we got along so great, and then many fans said, hey, can't you do a second part? And then now a couple of years later, you said, hey, I I have the script ready, and so we did uh, some stuff already. It's 80% done, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have to do some more in in January, and then it's probably coming out end of 2013. Mm, it's um, yeah, it's even a longer process than doing a record. I don't know how oh, yeah. he does it, but yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. It's an adventure, and it's always yeah. It's uh, it was hardcore. I, the last time I felt like I'm in boot camp, it was so hardcore. And then the second one, I thought, ah, you know, I know already how it is. But I tell you, it was yeah, it, it, it was life threatening again. <laughs> it's <a> hardcore. <laughs> Lots of blood, and it's not only ketchup and fake blood. There's a lot of real blood, and but right, it's, right. Um, it's good. And and the producer says, "Yeah, I like it when it's real." And I say, "Are you sure?" And I say, "Oh man, I have to do a tour." Like that was shortly before the European tour started. And I said, "I mm-hmm. can't get hurt." He said, "Oh no, you won't." But it looks cool, so I was all like bloody and bruised and stuff going on this European tour. But but the fans said, "Oh, it, it looks pretty cool. It looks like a warrior." You don't need much makeup, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I did want to ask you about too was um, uh, your uh, like the artwork for your album, like your album covers. You you got this really cool like fantasy type album covers, and you worked with uh, Jeffrey Gillespie with that. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, how much input do you have with those like album covers and stuff? Like, you've always had like really cool album covers. Yeah. Yeah. I when I start um, doing a new record, I always talk to him. I tell him, you know, what the songs might be, and uh, sometimes I send him some demos. And we're always in tune. Somehow, you know, every time he, when when I got the artwork, then I thought, oh, this is even nicer than I could imagine. And I work with him since the Triumph and Agony album. That was actually the first um, cover he did in 87. And ever right. since, I always go to him and I ask him if he can do it. Except when it doesn't call for a painting. Sometimes there were some records, uh, for example, the classic Diamonds. It was a record with orchestra, very nice. But then I thought maybe better a black and white photo. So, um, but usually when I think, man, I want to do a metal album, then I always call Jeffrey and yeah, we talk and yeah, he listens to the songs and then somehow he he does what he does and it takes a couple of months and then oh, yeah. and then I always see like there's a big package and he's still old school he still paints and I always ask him hey please don't do any computer stuff one time he did it and I said no Jeffrey no <laughs> I don't want to have any computer stuff and so um but now it's like an illustration and it's a combination but but all these demons you see I think he all knows them personally he's <laughs> very <laughs> Great, but crazy guy, and yeah, and sometimes I wonder where he comes up with that stuff. But then I always have something to, um, yeah, to to have the same on on stage, like a nice right. job. And sometimes we, you know, get all the other stuff molded, and you know, and now I have many skulls and demons on stage, and it's 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 cool. It looks um, looks like fantasy. I think it looks. Yeah, it looks a little bit old school metal, but in a good way. I love to yeah. have the show. I love to have something visual. What you know, what, what the fans can. Yeah, just like I always try to put on a show, which they will never ever forget, and something right. that's just like yeah. So yeah, but Jeffrey is definitely a big part of it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, like I said earlier, you're coming up on like your 30th year in metal do you have any big plans to celebrate this or like into the 25th yeah i definitely want to yeah my first celebration we do in wacken next year and it's this big metal festival if if somebody ever wants to take a trip to germany wacken is definitely the place (laughs) it's a three-day festival and it's awesome and they helped me a lot throughout the last yeah 15 years and actually I played there a lot and then you know they said we definitely got to you know do the 30th anniversary together and um and then we said let's do two times in my hometown Düsseldorf Germany where everything started and I would like to do it one time in New York because yeah. I yeah I'm, I'm now living in New York for so many years and um since we just came off the tour I think Paris and London there will be you know, a couple of more places. So so there will be a couple of celebrations. And then with great guests and big, big, um, yeah, like the, the biggest and nicest stage and lights and pyrotechnics and, and lots of surprises and, and great guests. And, yeah, I would definitely call everybody I, yeah, I worked with and I learned from and all like the, right. you know, the biggest names and bands. I, I certainly want to try to get them. And the 25th anniversary, we already 
did a couple of years ago, and boy, it was so, it was awesome. The Scorpions were there. Bobby Blitz of Overkill was there. My old Warlock band members. We did a little mm-hmm. reunion, and and great ladies of metal from all over the world. And yeah, and on my 20th anniversary, Motorhead was there, and Saxon. And so I, yeah, I definitely want to, you know, yeah, want to try to have something spectacular. And mm-hmm, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. It's been uh, great talking to you, and uh, hopefully we get to hear a lot more from you in the, in the coming years. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on your show, and thank you for supporting metal. And, yeah, and I hope I see you, you know, at a concert or maybe in Cleveland. And, oh, yeah. yeah and, and I want to say hi to all the fans and all the metalheads and, yeah, thanks a million for all these great years, and I wish everybody the best. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. Bon Jovi in concert. Live in Pittsburgh. The man. The band. The hits. Don't miss Bon Jovi. It's my February 21st at Consol Energy Center. No opening act. All night. All Bon Jovi. February 21st at Consol Energy Center. Your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com, 800-745-3000, and at the box office. Have a nice day. Don't miss Bon Jovi, produced by AEG Live. More at BonJovi.com. Have a nice day. All right, again, Bon Jovi, 21st, Consol Energy Center in Pittsburgh. Uh, that tour is going all over the country. Um, I was hoping to get to that show myself. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to work out schedule-wise. But I have to say, today being uh, the first week of January, just downloaded the new single from Bon Jovi, Because We Can. Uh, for those of you who might have been a little uh, turned away from the kind of country influence that Bon Jovi seemed to have been doing the last uh, album or two, uh, this song is is certainly a return to form, uh, something a little bit more from the, the Crush album in style. Got the big catchy chorus. Uh, I've listened to the song three times and can't get it out of my head. It's got that kind of earworm which uh, Bon Jovi is known for. So uh, I want to check that out. It's called "Because We Can" from Bon Jovi. Also, want to remind you on the nineteenth of February, Iron City Rocks will be welcoming Overkill, uh, who had a tremendous album, one of our picks for the best album of the year in twenty twelve with Electric Age. Overkill will be playing at the Altar Bar. Uh, so tickets are available for that at uh, go to druskyentertainment.com and follow the links there. Or if you go to our Facebook page under events, we have a link there for tickets as well. So I don't want to miss Bobby Blitz and the band uh, when they come into the Altamar. It's going to be a great night of uh, just pure thrash metal there as well. So a lot of other great shows. Tom Kiefer is coming into Pittsburgh. 
uh, Voice of Cinderella will be playing at the Elder Bar on the 15th. And just a whole host of shows, uh, especially uh, this time of year. It's usually slow in, in the Northeast because of the weather. A lot of bands don't like to tour through the area. But we've got Clapton, Bon Jovi, um, the Green Day will be coming back. I believe they announced the return of that show to be the 30th or 31st of March. Uh, you can check com to confirm that as well. So a lot of great stuff. What we're going to do now, Aaron had a chance to catch up with Jammer of the band Brute Force. Brute Force was on the show probably a year and a half, I'm going to guess, ago. Um, for those of you who have been longtime listeners, Jammer uh, was part of a professional wrestling tag team. Uh, the, the brothers uh, have then gone on to make a metal EP at the time and have returned with a full-on album. So the band is Brute Force. Uh, the track you're about to hear is Live for Speed. And then Aaron's going to talk to Jammer, the band Brute Force.
gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show tonight Jammer of the band Brute Force. How are you doing, Jammer? Good. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. How's everything going? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. So, let's talk about this great new record you guys have out. You guys are, are friends of the show. You've been on before. We had you on a few episodes back. And now I've gotten my hand here, the latest CD, Out for Blood. So let's talk about how's, the, um, how's that release been going for you guys? How's, how's the CD being received? Uh, it's been really great. Um, everybody, surprisingly, uh, usually there's one uh, person here or there, but everyone likes it. Uh, you know, everyone's got great feedback for us. Uh, it's actually doing a good job selling on iTunes, so we're really proud of it. And uh, we, think, you know, it's a, we think it's a really good record if you just like good old basic heavy metal. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more on the basic heavy metal stuff, like just good old-fashioned, just in-your-face rock. Like this is such, such a driving record, and, and driving in a couple terms of the word here, because um, the opening track, Live for Speed, I, um, I put this on, um, <clears throat> listened to it, get into my car in the morning, and Live for Speed comes on, and that's a get-to-work-quickly song, we'll say. <laughs> that was, that's the whole purpose. Good analogy. Oh, man, I love that track. It just, what a great opening track for a record. Like, just the guitar work, the, the bass and drum work, you, you keep it simple but interesting, and just, wow. So how did, like, how did this whole project come, come about? Because I know you guys formed in, in 2010, and you, you, I guess you built your rep on your live shows, and then you finally got the CD going. So let's talk about what happened a little bit up to this point, and then we'll kind of keep going on this record. Well, we had, we had started a band, my brother and I, a while back, and we just never had a chance to develop it because we got an opportunity to become professional wrestlers, and there's no way we could do both things. Um, and we're from Atlanta, so when we we did our course of uh, wrestling, and then it got to a point where we wanted to try to become actors. So we, you know, we figured while we could, and while we had a little bit of, uh, you know, ability to just a little a good momentum on our side, we decided to move out to L.A. Um, to try the acting thing, and it worked out uh, originally, initially pretty good for us. And then just like everybody else, we go through peaks and valleys. And then we just decided one time, uh, not that long ago, like in 2010 when we started picking up the band, you know, while we still have the opportunity to and while we're still able to, let's go ahead and continue with what we'd started on the band before. So that's what we did. And we got a guitar player, basically. And um, we played, in 2010 we started, we played like 40 shows, about 45 shows here in Southern California. Wow. And then we got to the point, well, we need to do more to advance our our, uh, our career if we're going to have one. And then we got a fortune enough where we met Bob Kulik, and we hooked up with him. And I know this is a quick synopsis, but we hooked up with Bob Kulik. We did an EP. Uh, the EP was received very well. Uh, everyone liked it. It got on a lot of lists for, it got on a lot of big lists for, for stations and stations like yours and, and people that had given us an opportunity and we were really nobodies, and we were getting a good wave of momentum, and then we got, had the opportunity just to finish this CD, and now that's where we're at now. We're actually trying to promote it and see if we can get on tour and things like that, but that's really a quick synopsis of how everything started since 2010. Fantastic. Now, you being from the East Coast, like myself here, like I, I've always had a fascination with California, especially California music, and I find it interesting that you went out there to become an actor, then you know ended up with this band, so... Can you tell us a little bit more about the so the SoCal like music scene and why maybe it's so ripe for for bands like yourselves to just kind of burst out of the gates? 
Well, there's not a lot of, uh, in all reality, there's not a lot going on out here. So if you just work hard and put your nose to the grindstone, so to speak, and just are determined to do what you can, what you need to do, then you can stand out and and, uh, and push yourself pretty decently. Um, it, it's not what it used to be. From from what I heard, you know, uh, you know, guys like you and I were growing up back here in the '80s. It was really a good scene. It's not like that anymore. But it's good for the fact that if you're just a regular metal band, and I don't want to say regular because I don't want to put uh, restrictions on people's genres and things like that. Yeah. But if you're just good old heavy metal, uh, you're going to really stand out because there's nothing like that out here right now at all. So, you know, I'm not really sure about the rest of the country, but it's just, it's, it's prime for the fact that you can really um, grow fast and you can get a lot of uh, ink and you can, you can, it seems like you can kind of advance uh, a little quicklier because if you do a little hard work, because it's just not a really uh, prime scene for a lot of wide variety of music out here. So if you, again, if you're just heavy metal and you just have a good grinding sound and a good straightforward approach to it, uh, you will get an opportunity to be looked at just for the fact that there's not a lot of uh, music out here like this right now. That's awesome. So, so what is like the popular music right now in, in the California area there? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, there's a wide range. I mean, there's, I mean, there's the <laughs> there's the rap and there's the there's the death metal guys. Uh, it's just not a uh, right. To me, it just seems like California is just a little flat right now. I, I personally think that someone's waiting uh, for the music industry to pick itself up by its bootstraps a little bit, whatever genre it may be. But right now, it just seems kind of flat. I don't know if it's the economy or whatever it is, but right right now out here, it's just kind of uh, in a low uh, state because there's not really anything that uh, is just really standing out that's making people want to get excited about music again right now. And there's so much out here that it's, you know, it's just got a wide range too. Gotcha. Now, did you guys completely like self publish this album and self finance it or do you have like any kind of indie deals going on? No, we self financed everything that we, uh, that we did. And we're actually trying to get a couple, we're actually trying obviously like everyone else to try to get an indie deal. And um, actually, actually in a positive way of doing something right now. So, but uh, we had, we backed everything on ourselves. You have to do that. If you're going to be um, successful or if you're going to give yourself an opportunity to be successful, then you've got to pretty much do whatever you can do to put yourself in that position. Yeah. And, and I tell you, this is a great time to be an independent band. I mean, you know, growing up, it, it, it was pretty much you get, you get a label deal or that's it, you know, or nothing. And now, like, there's so many, so many venues. I mean, you guys having your stuff on iTunes, you have the potential for somebody to go see you live at the show, pull out their iPhone, and download the album before they even leave the show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's, that's really pretty cool. I agree. Man, that's amazing. So let's talk about the sound on this record. So you guys worked with Bob Kulik again, and I, I, I want to compliment you on the overall sound because, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure, you know, you know, you growing up like I did, um, listening to music was a different experience back in the 80s than it is today. And so much of music is over-compressed and just louder and louder and louder. And this is a rock record. It's a metal record. There's a lot going on. It's very guitar-driven. But at the same time, you still have some dynamic range, and it still breathes. So can we talk about this recording process? Like, like was there a conscious thought to do that, or was it just, you know, we're going to make a great-sounding metal record? Like, how'd this come about? Um, it came about just because we, we're just metal fans, just like a lot of people are, and, and we know what we want to hear. 
So what we wanted to hear is the way that we made our, our records. Uh, we went around with Bob a little bit on it because we wanted just that good, steady, heavy metal. I, I don't want to use Motorhead as the prime uh, example, but we just wanted that, an ACDC, but we just wanted that straightforward kind of sound because we're fans and we feel that there's not a lot out there like this right now. So that's kind of how we wanted our sound to be. But what, what Bob really did was kind of put all this together for us. We had a certain range and a certain idea of what we wanted, and he just tied it in uh, very well to make the sound that you hear. He did a really good job of getting what we wanted out of it. And um, it just, you know, we, again, we're fans, so we, we, that's the sound that we wanted to hear. That's something that we thought we would want to hear that other people would want to hear just based off of the way that we, uh, you know, when we played at shows and we, when we were a fan listening to groups like that, uh, you know, people that had that kind of sound. So that's really where we get our, our uh, sound from. Yeah, wow. And, and it's a great, great sound. Like, I, I, just, I love the sound of this record. I love the way that, it, that it's arranged. And um, I tell you, you guys really found a gem of a guitar player there, Will. Like, he, he's a heck of a player. There's a lot of guitar-driven stuff on this record. Yeah, he's a really good guitar player. We're we're just a guitar-oriented band. And my brother and I play the rhythm, and we don't mind standing in the background. That's how we're the music is built. And Will's a great guitar player. He really is. He really uh, did an excellent job. He's an excellent guitar player, excellent rhythm player, excellent lead player. And I think um, um, Bob pushed all of us a lot, and he pushed Will. And um, I think that even the next time we do a record, if we get that opportunity, it'll even be a little more spicier than what you hear. But, no, we're, we're really happy to have Will. We're very fortunate. Will's a good guy, and he's a great guitar player. And uh, we put him up front, and he did a great job. He's, you know, he makes our band, no doubt. Yeah, it, and, I mean, I just got to say, like, all your performances on this record were great. You know, it, it, it's – I, I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of – Kind of surprised that you don't have a deal going in for as good as it sounds and as solid as the performances are. Because I mean, you guys obviously put a lot of time in to really hone this record and make it sound great. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of experience because all we were doing was playing live for a long time, so we got to get pretty pretty good at the record the the songs that we were that we were coming up with. So we got a good experience uh, just doing that a lot. But thanks, and we, I really appreciate the compliment because uh, it, it's good to hear that you know people like the sound of it. You know, as an artist, you like to know that people really uh, that have listened to it like the sound. So we really appreciate the compliment. Yeah, it's, oh, you're welcome, man. It's just a fun record to listen to, you know, and, that, and that's what I enjoy about it. Well, and that's all it's really meant to be. It's not meant to be in any more, thing more than just uh, good old heavy metal, having a good time, banging your head, put your windows, you know, roll your windows down in your car and play it loud, that kind of thing. Hey, you know, it's, it's funny because that's exactly what I was doing with it, too. <laughs> Even even though, yeah, even though it's cold there, you still had your windows. And I'm proud of you, man. Good job. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, Brute work, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so let's talk gear here. So as I, as I have the CD open, um, there's been a lot of great pictures here as, as I look through it. And I want to talk about this bass that you're playing, because I'm a bass player myself. And is like so it's an Explorer shape. Is that a Gibson Explorer right. bass, or what? what is that there? Yeah, it's a Gibson Explorer. So is, is it like a newer model? How long have you had it? Like this, this is where I get um, because I yeah. absolutely love knowing this stuff. Yeah, it's three years old, and I liked it. Um, I was trying to, I was actually trying to play with BC Rich because I just like that style. Yeah. And I had a whole lot of trouble with them, so I went to the, you know, the guitar store one time and just said, you know, I, 
I needed to find something that was going to be more sturdy, and that was the best-looking design because I'm really into the design of it. I just don't like the average-looking bass, and some people do, some people don't. Yeah. But uh, when I played it, it played real well. It was just what I wanted because I like a, low, a lot of low bottom end. And uh, when you play it through an Ampeg cabinet, it's, it just sounds really good. So, yeah, thanks. It's a, it's a really good guitar. It uh, has a good sound. It holds the, the, uh, the tune very well for a long time. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm hoping somebody can – I'm hoping to make enough money someday where I can actually get another one, another color. So we'll, we'll see about that. Well, I, I got to say here, like you'd made the Motorhead reference earlier, <clears throat> and I, it's funny I was going to bring that up because I mean you guys being like a three piece like this, and you, you know you being the bass player singing, and then having an iconic looking uh, instrument like this, like you, you're totally um, you're, you're totally reminiscent of the whole Motorhead image there, <clears throat> just because you know you, you've got this really iconic look as the front man and having the bass like that too. Thanks. I take that as a compliment. Anything that anything that has to do with Motorhead or something like that, I really take it as a compliment. So, and they're a big influence with us as far as my brother and myself. And um, to be anything similar to that or even close to that same uh, grain as Lemmy or Motorhead is is a huge compliment. And we we actually kind of model ourselves a little bit after that or that style, same thing. So. Uh, it's 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 usually pretty easy to see for everyone else um, that, are, that is in the music that that's who we like uh, when you hear us and look at us. So um, they've had been a big influence on us. Yeah, it, it definitely comes through too in the sound. So um, <clears throat> let's let's talk about like the the amp setup. Now you mentioned you just played through like an Ampeg. Yeah, the SVT cabinet. Okay. Uh, are like four ten, eight ten. What type of head? You I'm sorry, here? Eight, eight ten. Yeah, wow. those are the only ones. Those are only ones for a bass player. You got to have that. I guess uh, people want to try different things, but I guess if you're a bass player and you like a lot of low bottom end or a lot of thumping, that's the the best cabinet to have. Most people use uh, the uh, SVT head, but I use a Mark bass head. Uh, it's really funny. I got talked into that because I was an old S, uh, you know, an Ampeg guy. Yeah. But uh, some guy at their music store said, hey, try this. It's pretty cool. It only weighs like eight pounds. It's like the size of a of a phone book here in L.A. Um, not a <laughs> phone book like in uh, Pensacola where it's about two pages big. But, no, it's, yeah. it's um, it, it, I didn't really think it was it a was solid state, and I didn't think it would be that great, but it, it, it comes through great. It gives me a good sound because, um, you know, you got to have a, a lot of bottom end and be able to cover when Will goes off in his lead. So I yeah. use the... Uh, I, I use the SVT cabinet with a Mark bass head, and it's a good combination for me. It gives me the sound that I like. Awesome. And a lot of that sound we were talking about before was Bob in the studio doing a good job for us. So I want to give him a compliment on that, too, in case nice, he's going nice. to listen to this. <laughs> I, I tell you, the um, the, eight, the eight, eight tens like you're talking about, I had a rig. It was um, it was, a, it was a complete Fender rig, but I had two 4x10 cabs hooked up to it, and there's nothing right. like the sound of eight 10-inch speakers just pounding. Cause you get that yep. low end, but it's also just tight. It's not sloppy, you know? Right, right. And that's a good setup you had, too. Oh, I, I love that rig. That, that's that's <laughs> been one, one of the best live rigs I've ever had. You know, it, it's funny. Like, John, you know, we were talking about um, who show this is. I, uh, um, John ran sound for one of my bands back in the day, and I'm playing through that rig, and I had just gone, and it was, it was like a 400-watt head. And right. um, one of my other buddies went back to John, who's running sound, and says, hey, can you turn Aaron down? And John um, <laughs> looks and points to my fader. Um, I was overpowering the entire PA, and I wasn't even going through it. Really? 
Yeah, that's how much sound sound that that amp amp setup had. It was it was a dual bass four hundred. So I had a couple different amps. You could buy amp and all this sort of stuff. I was overpowering the entire band by myself. And you felt good about it, too, didn't you? Oh, I felt great about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know how you feel, man. We, it never yeah. is uh, it never is too low for the bass player, sound wise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a great time, man. Great time. Hey, so what's the writing process like for you guys? Like, like you sit, you sit down to consciously say, okay, let's let's work on some new tunes for an album, or are you already working on the next album? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, we already have um, we already have most of the uh, songs written for the next album if we get the opportunity for that. I, I do most of the writing, but if my brother has something that he likes, we'll use that, and he he pitches in pretty well and. Um, that's just the process for us. And really, when I write, I just write about uh, personal experiences. A lot of times, it's just the best way you catch something at the right time. Yeah. And you start throwing an outline of words together. And before you know it, you have pretty much what you, you know, the way you want it. And then you just take it to your, your bandmates and, and kind of mash it out from that point. So that's really pretty much how I do my writing and how I do the songwriting for, for nice. our band. Nice, nice. Yeah, I guess everyone yeah. has their own style, but that's, I, you know, I like to do personal experiences, whether it be, cause I, whether it be just sex or kicking ass or drinking or whatever, uh, you know, you try to go back to a personal experience and, and take it from that point. Well, and what's nice about that is if, it, if it's a personal experience and it means something to you, and if it means something to you, you're going to deliver that and it's going to mean something to the audience, you know? Right, right. Exactly right. Now, so you'd mentioned trying to get a tour together. So what are you guys doing now? Are you playing like a lot of local shows? Are you trying to branch out regionally? Are we going to see you on this side of the country at all? Yeah, we're trying to actually get on that side of the country. Um, starting next year, we're really going to try to make a push to, even if we just do our own our own thing, we will do that. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of new in this business, and I know you've, you've probably been in it a, while, a lot longer than, even, than I have for sure, but um, you have to... Um, you have to make sure things are right. You have to make sure that everything is organized if you're doing it on your own. Okay. And uh, it needs to have a purpose behind it. For us, just to, for us just to keep playing out here in L.A. doesn't do us any good. We've played so many times out here. And uh, it really doesn't do us any good to keep, continue to play here, you know, a couple times a week or just in Southern California. So we really, to get our music out, to get seen, we really have to go nationwide. So that's the plan for us starting next year to do that. Obviously, we'd like to go to Europe in Japan, Australia, someplace like that too. But we do plan on branching out and trying to tour as much of the United States as we can. And we're in the plans of trying to organize something that, on our own so that it, it makes sense for us to do that. Excellent, excellent. I was just yeah, we're taking, about we're taking, Europe. I'm sorry, we're taking donations because we don't want to come back home and have our apartment not be there anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're there. I wonder if you could fund the tour on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or one of those places. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, I, I, I guess everybody who's somebody, even if you're in the music business or whatever, it might've been, uh, entertainment, if you had some kind of project, I'm sure, you know, you go on the, down the Kickstarter and there's so many places, so many people on there now, I'm, seems kind of flooded for, for, uh, ideas and stuff. But, um, well, you know, we're, we're trying a lot of different things. We, we have, uh, friends of ours and we, you know, we, we, we're just doing everything that we can to try to organize it for ourselves. It just has to be planned because, you know, if you're not used to doing this, you need to make sure it's all planned so that things flow. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know, be someplace where you're not going to be able to be there because then you screw that person over that, that yeah. facility and the fans that come to see and stuff like that. So it has to be planned very well. 
so that everybody comes out a winner, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Now, back to the CD release for a second, because you had mentioned Europe, and now I'm thinking, like, oh, I bet you guys would probably be, like, really, really well-received in Europe, because you're, you're, the European fan just seems to have a broader range of interests than American fans a lot of times. Right. Um, have you guys, like, done a European release, or at least on iTunes or anything like that, or are you trying to do something like that? Yeah, we're actually trying to do that as we speak. So we're trying to do as much as we can for Europe because, unfortunately, it just seems like Europe um, is a really good place for us right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're trying to do all that we can do uh, as far as getting over to Europe. And there's a there's an area there of Germany, Austria, and a couple other places that we're trying to get into right now, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, that's wow. exactly what we're trying to do. Good, good, good. Yeah, I, I think I think I think it's gonna, really going to take off over there because I, I just like I was listening to who was, uh, Eddie Trunk show last night and he had Joey DeMaio on a Man of War and I was just mm-hmm. thinking about that like you know you guys are kind of up there with Man of War for me too like you you've got that that metal sound you know right like just that that true your roots sound <clears throat> that's good stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I, so, we like yeah. them too a lot. As a matter of fact, they they they've been gone for a while, hadn't they? They quit yeah, playing for a yeah, while. Yeah, and I think they they just came out with a new record. And that's why Joey right. was on uh, Eddie's show last night. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah they, I, I, we we like their style a lot too. Uh, well, let me tell you, man. Joey as a bass player is a monster. <laughs> I, I will never forget like the first time, and I'm sure you know you being a bass player are probably feeling the same. But like the one, the Kings of Metal record, hearing Sting of the Bumblebee for the first time. <laughs> and realizing that's a bass guitar and just jaw dropping, you know. Right, right. No, I, there's some and some guys and and uh, some of their styles really stand out. He definitely does. I, I remember that. Uh, I remember what you're talking about too. Just wow, yeah, that's some stuff, man. Well, hey Jammer, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to take up any more of your time, and uh, thanks so much for coming back and talking to us. Eric Clapton. In concert, Saturday night, April 6th at Consol Energy Center. One night, one stage. Slowhand is back live. The force and six string that defined a generation. Eric Clapton. Saturday, April 6th at Consol Energy Center. Eric Clapton and his special guest, The Wallflowers. Don't wait. Tickets on sale now. Available at Ticketmaster. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Eric Clapton. A Beaver production. All right, again, a big thanks to Jammer, Doro Pesh, uh, and you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to Iron City Rocks. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. IronCityRocks.com, Facebook.com forward slash IronCityRocks, Twitter.com forward slash IronCityRocks. And always, we love to hear from you guys. IronCityRocks at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget our Indiegogo campaign if you're uh, in the charitable mood. It's Indiegogo.com forward slash IronCityRocks camera. Uh, we deeply appreciate any help that you can offer. Uh, as we said on Facebook, any donation, even if uh, you know you're not interested in the rewards, and we just want to donate a buck, a buck helps. Um, 
unfortunately this camera equipment's pretty darn expensive uh so anything will help from from anyone so we would deeply appreciate it and again I want to thank you for listening um as we'd mentioned before Iron City Rocks does their annual uh, music awards uh, we are starting as of today to unveil the winners of those so those will be done via Facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks so look for at least one category a day I like to kind of build the suspense so we'll uh, unveil those and then we'll finish up with the Hall of Fame I also want to invite you back next time for our next episode in 184. We will be having a very, 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 very special episode to commemorate our fourth year. Uh, we're going to kick it off with, with a bang. Uh, probably one of the coolest guests we've ever had. So check back on that episode 184, which will be out uh, sooner than later. So again, thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.